You're listening to John's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, uh, another pretty dour performance. Uh, you know, last night it was a great celebration uh, prior to the game. Um, great to see some of our legends, our living legends, um, mm. on the on the uh, MCG ground. And I was lucky enough to get a photo with uh, Gavin Wanganeen and was able to have a quick word to him. But uh, it was great to meet him. But um, I think the loudest cheer was when James Heard appeared through the fog. Although, unfortunately, Carlton fans are booing him, which I guess was going to come with the territory. But um, yeah. I still think our Bombers um, gave him a really good reception. Um, but, yeah, what did you think of the pre-game stuff? Yeah, I quite liked it. I mean, like the, I suppose the, the commentary from Senator Briggs, as he's known now, um, I, I reckon it was pretty bloody good, mate. Um, you know... And as you say, like having legends there, like Michael Long, Gavin Wanganine, like all four of the Danahers, I thought that was a fantastic effort to get all of them there. Um, you know, Scotty Lucas, Matty Lloyd, Ramanowskis, the Fletchers, the Watsons, of course. And um, as you say, mate, like I just couldn't believe it when uh, Jimmy Buddy Heard walked down in the field. And I have to say, like, um, you know, back in the day, Jamie, when we watched the old you know, WCW and you have <laughs> Hulk Hogan come through the, like, like just the smoke and the lights there, mm. like bloody awesome. Um, uh, and then, of course, Sheeds, like that feeling at the game must have just been electric. And I thought, you know, uh, if that kind of stuff doesn't get you up and about before a game, you know, what can, you know, we've been pretty lackluster in our performances so far this year, and I thought, yeah, 150th year, surely, you know, after the buy and everything, the boys would have been G'd up. Um, so that should have got them up and about. Yeah, um, a lot's been said. Um, what did you think of the Heppel speech and the actions prior to the game start? Look, I mean, Heppel, like, for all these, um, uh, I suppose... Yeah, everyone's got their positives and negatives and all for, for all these flaws. Like he cares about the SM Football Club, Jane. He mm. he yeah, as much as um yeah, some of us question um you know his his ability uh, anymore. Like he still played solid games, but um like he's he's not the, the player he once was. Um but you know, I, I still have no doubt he bleeds red and black, Jane. Um so he's trying to get the boys up and about. He's he's trying to talk from, from passion, from the heart, and everything like that. Um, but realistically, uh, it is just words. And I think, as good as that might have been, you know, come on, boys, let's go, all that sort of it. That message kind of got diminished only ten minutes later when um, I thought he went pretty weak at a contest. So I think he um, he didn't squib it, but he certainly could have gone a bit harder. Um, and I, I, know, I, I, I guess actions talk louder than words, Jane. We've certainly learned that over uh, over the years. Um, and I guess, like, at the end of the day, 150 years, yep, that's excellent. It's great to celebrate the past achievements of past players, but that's where it is. That's in the past, Jane. Um, and that history, it all means nothing um, to the game at hand. So, um, 
I guess that's that's where I see it. Um, all in all, it, it was on us to to perform on the night, um, to to get up and try and salvage something uh, from this season. Uh, but as we go through you know, our review, we just weren't able to get it done. And Josh Martin, he spoke before the game started uh, on radio. He was asked about the review and uh, what could Essendon possibly do. He spoke a lot about really targeting the free agency. He said there's been a number of discussions going on. Um, so free agency is something they're looking to do. He also mentioned uh, being willing to trade picks, although he stopped himself from saying he'd trade pick three. He said, hopefully we're not picking there. But it sounded like he's exploring an option of, uh, you know, getting more picks, um, maybe for a low pick to be turned into two. Um, mm. yeah, obviously, in light of trying to obviously got the Davy Queen, uh, Davy Twin, sorry, um, uh, Manakara, is it? Um, yeah, Anthony Manakara. Yeah. Like we have to, we have to bid on him or pick him before any other team can um, in the first forty picks, because uh, if anyone else selects him, he uh, automatically goes to them. There's no bidding, there's no matching of bids. Um, so it depends how much they rate him, but if they're going to be trying to uh, get him in legitimately, uh, they probably know he probably won't last till you know, second round pick. So be interesting to see what, how they do it. And bearing in mind, if we do have a very early pick, and you pick one of the best, you know, five kids in Australia, you then have to have the points available to match a bid when Albert and Davy Junior gets bidded on. Yeah. So there's a lot of twos and uh, you know twos and fro's with all that, and um, yeah, this is probably for another pod. But um, I would say that at least that uh, you know it sounds like there's some conversations already started about uh, you know targeting free agents, which is promising to hear because obviously the list we've got at the moment needs some help. Mm. Yeah, it does, mate. Um, and it's sort of interesting if that's the the path we're going down, who we might look at and, and all the rest of it. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously, you know, looking at who's available at the moment, you know, or I suppose a restricted free agent you'd, you'd jump at is Angus Brayshaw, um, sort of the perfect kind of player we need from there. But, I mean, you know, between now and the end of the season, he could get signed up again. And um, so it's kind of, be, yeah, I suppose useless speculation <clears throat> for now. So there are some players out there and currently available. Um, but I think one thing we need to be very careful of is, um, yeah, and one thing we've sort of seen so far is the lack of experience we've got in our list, Jane, um, the lack of, you know, senior leaders around the club. And, you know, we're talking about guys who, you know, know their position, do it well, and are able to sort of um, help develop younger guys coming through. Um, and that's at all um, sort of ends of the ground, you know, particularly down back. Um, right now, our most experienced, uh, I suppose, key defender, Jane, uh, would be Jimmy Stewart. Um, 
who you know obviously started his career as a forward. He's gone down there and he's learned the role. Uh, you wouldn't say he's um, an out and out gun key defender. He's he's done serviceable roles for us, and that you know as everyone knows from uh, I, I quite like him as a player. He, he gives everything, uh, but he's limited. Um, so certainly that's an area of the ground I'd be targeting. You know if we were bringing in a free agent, like we we need solid defenders down there. Um, you know, obviously we got Jake Kelly last year as an unrestricted free agent, um, but uh, yeah, I don't think that's panned out as well as we would have hoped. Um, mm. uh, yeah, and no, no disrespect to, to Kelly. I, I think he's yeah trying his guts out down there, but um, certainly in terms of our sort of back six, we're we're not set up. Uh, particularly well down there. Our forward line is still very, very young. Um, and, uh, yeah, our, our forward craft as a as a front six or front seven, whatever you want to um, call it, is, is pretty disappointing for mine. I mean, you know, when uh, Peter Wright is your, I suppose, your, your front man down there, um, he doesn't seem to be actively leading at the footy for mine, Jane. Like, the stats tracker says, oh, he's, he's run the most on the ground, like almost 15K throughout the game. But not once did I see like, him actually leading out. He was always coming from behind to then launch at the footy. And if he's your, your key forward, what is he doing running up the ground? Like if you need him to you know, take marks and crash packs down forward, why are you seeing him um, up on the wing unless he's collecting a heap of the footy, which he wasn't? Um, yeah, certainly... Um, you know, think we need you know, someone more experienced down there to actually go, no, you stick to your position, um, you know, <laughs> because, you know, so often we'd see guys, you know, start running down the ground and then have no one to kick to. Um, and that's a that's a failing investment we've seen over a number of years. Um, you know, if you remember, Jane, like that's one reason Jimmy Stewart got, you know, booted out of the side for, um, for a while because he kept being dragged up to the footy because we... Um, you know, he wanted to help out, but then we'd have no one to you know, kick the footy into in our forward 50. Like it'd be totally bereft of uh, any red and black down there. So there's plenty of areas of, of the ground we need to shore up. Um, you know, I'm hoping we can find more role players. Uh, you know, so if we've got a bit of a rant, Jane, but um, one thing that I sort of observed um, from the game against Carlton and, and certainly have throughout um, you know, other games this season is how many like just solid role players other teams have um, that they're not flashy, they don't do anything special, but they play the role well. They um, uh, they do the basics, the fundamentals, Jane, like week in, week out. Like I think of a, of a Doherty from last night, you know, Nunes, um, uh, you know, all these guys that, you know, <laughs> they killed us, frankly, and they it wasn't out of you know, the, um, you know, the great skill or um, that they were bigger or stronger than, than our guys, but they just knew where to get to the footy, uh, knew the positions to go to, um, took, you know, the first option presented to them, um, which meant that they weren't getting held up for the footy. So, um, yeah, it would be interesting to see how we, uh, how we go to sort of develop our list. Um, but I also do acknowledge that, yep, we've got a lot of young blokes um, uh, that we need to develop uh, that like are showing some promise, uh, but certainly, yeah, we, we look a long way off it from being a, um, yeah, a contender. 
Yeah, well, the player that I'd love to target in free agency, mate, and uh, given Adrian Dodoro's love of halfback wanks, is <laughs> Bailey Dale, mate. I reckon he's got one of the most lethal kicks in the comp. And um, you can certainly send you forward uh, if you could somehow uh, get in to hold out. Um, but, uh, yeah, it would have to be a pretty attractive deal. But, um, again... How does that help us going forward? I'm not sure, but it certainly helped with the transition of footy, and that's one thing we're certainly having troubles with. So let's get into the game, uh, mate. Um, and uh, you know, I, you know, I was really inspired by the, you know, watching the uh, players, as I said, the, the previous players on the ground mm-hmm. with the Premiership Cups around, and um, you know, like. That was great, but it was a pretty lacklustre start. Uh, admittingly, we, we fought our way back into the game. So let's discuss the first quarter, mate. Yeah, I mean, like the boys did seem to um, yeah, be energised. Like we won the first clearance and had the first inside 50. But we coughed it up, James, through poor use of the footy and poor decision-making from mine. Um, and it just, like all that build-up um, was just, you know, sort of destroyed because the Blues opened us up you know, went end-to-end with an easy mark and goal to Jack Martin to open proceedings. Yeah, there's a, it was just one of those ones like, oh, yeah, we've done all our work in the pre-game. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be pretty nasty and that's how it felt going in. And, uh, yeah, that's the way the game started. Certainly did, mate. Um, yeah, we got an opportunity when Nick Martin... Showed us how to kick to a forward's advantage. Uh, he, did, he hit Stringer you know, just inside 50, but unfortunately Stringer's kick was astray. Uh, Fisher had a look and a miss for them uh, before we saw a massive grab by Draper. Um, and he had us threatened forward again. Uh, but after Stringer dropped you know, a mark he really should have taken, Redmond intercepted the pill just inside 50, and he thought, all right, you know, we're going to get a steady here. But he missed as well. And... Um, yeah, those ones really hurt you, especially when we saw Carlton then take it up their end and Mackay kick the goal. So, um, yeah, yeah our, our inefficiency in front of goal continues to kill us. Yeah, and uh, that's it, isn't it? Like, we had a bit of the footy down there. Stringer should have taken that mark. Mm. Um, we had a bit of room to take it. Um, and, you know, I was actually surprised he didn't take it, like, Mm. Um, but as you say, the, you know, the Redmond kick was, was no means uh, easy, but um, would have been nice for him to go back and kick that. And yeah, Harry Mackay makes us pay. And then you know, shortly afterwards, uh, Matthew Owies kicks a great goal from the pocket. Yeah, he did, mate. Uh, so that was the, that was the third. Uh, but then finally we saw Hobbs launch one inside 50 for Harry Jones to... You know, run onto a mark from about 20 metres out. And he went back to slot our first. Yeah, good mark too, I thought. You know, yeah. um, certainly wasn't an easy mark. And you know, Hobbs sat it up for uh, Harry. And uh, it was a good mark and a good goal. It was, mate. And then we saw Hindy, um, you know, came bursting through the wing and uh, kicked it into the pocket. And Draper plucked it from the sky, Jamie. And I tell you what, mate, um, he, he has been very wayward in front of goal throughout his career, Draper. Uh, but that kick, and it was on a pretty tight angle, you'd have to say, he just kicked it beautifully, like 
um, never looked like missing. Uh, so an excellent goal from Sammy Draper. Yeah, it kicked it like a man who knew the forward craft, and knew where to wait it. And um, yeah, no, nice goal. And then what was pleasing for me, mate, you know, Dylan Shield marked a, um, a ball, and instead of uh, you know looking for a handball and or a small kick, he, he went back, took the onus, and kicked a beautiful goal from outside fifty. Yeah, it's an absolute ripper, and. Um... You know, from watching at home, uh, Jane, like, because they show you, you know, the player straight up, like, as soon as he had that pill, like, even before he, like, fully stood up, you just saw this look on his face and you thought, he's going to kick this. Like, th- there was no question in my mind he was going to kick this goal. And I thought, you know, what a, a sort of change um, in, I suppose, um, mental preparation, because previously, you know, if he was within 60 metres of goal, he, he'd still look to... Uh, to kick it off. That was his first thing and reluctantly he might have a ping. Uh, but this one, he, he was just going to go back and kick it and and he bloody did. So I'd love to see more of that um, from Shield. Um, look for, for Carlton, Adam Chera got subbed out with a hammy. Um, and you, you, like, you do feel for him with a young bloke who's a, you know, he's a real gun. So yes, it's good for us, but you don't want to see good players um, <clears throat> on, the, on the bench. I loved um, it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we saw um, Guelfi take a courageous mark going back with a flight about 45 metres out, Jane. Um, doesn't make for courage, Guelfi, but unfortunately he missed a lot with his kick. Like it wasn't it was a, a tough shocking angle. kick. <laughs> oh, it was at a tough angle, but, um, yeah. and, you know, he's he's not known as having a big boot, uh, Guelfi. Um, so uh, that was disappointing. Um, but one thing I, I love, Jane, was, uh, yeah. Here in the crowd, just getting to start every time he touched it, yeah. <laughs> and it, like towards the end of the game, like he still played well, so you have to give him that. But towards the end of the game, you definitely see it um, sort of get to him. Mm. Uh, we'll talk about later, but uh, uh, unfortunately, like the Blues kept peppering it, uh, and we were doing well to you know thwart their entries, but uh, we slacked off in the last minute and allowed a red time goal right on the siren uh, to Kerno. Uh, and ended the quarter uh, down by five points. So uh, it was our uh, three goals, 2-20 to their four goals, 1-25 uh, to see us at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Um, it was a disappointing last goal, that's for sure, because you know, we fought pretty hard to get those three goals in a row to take the lead. Mm. And yeah, it um, felt very costly that we allowed that last moment goal, really. Um, mm. And the second quarter started uh, with Carlton taking up the lead. Yeah, mate. And uh, talking about uh, things that are costly, uh, this is where we saw you know a run on from Essendon, uh, and then Heppel on the wing decided to go the dangerous kick inside, uh, and it was a massive turnover. Jane uh, Carlton took it up the middle of the ground, saw Kerno passed into Kai. And he kicked another goal to get them going. Yeah, and you know, trust us, be lucky enough to for the Harry McKay to return. Um, yeah, I know he's after this moment, he's probably pretty well held after this you know, second goal. But um, him and uh, Kerno were making it pretty tough for us, and you know, being able to spoil their um, you know, forward attacks with. Pretty hard with those two key focal points. 
But um, then we saw a beautiful snap goal out of a you know contested uh, area when uh, Harry Jones kicked his second. Yeah, mate, uh, Jones the crummer. Um, you know the ball was kicked in long, and Peter Wright just uh, you know tapped it to the deck, where Jones was able to run onto it and um, snap it through. It's really clever um, bit of play from Jones, and that's something he's he's shown in his um, I suppose short career so far, James. Like, just his ability to, um, I suppose, you know, think through situations and, uh, you know, be very quick um, with taking an opportunity to kick a goal. So that was a that was a ripper. Um, then we saw Ridley uh, give away a free on Kerno, um, you know, just pulling the jumper and he didn't really need to do it. Um, but, uh, you know, you'd think from 20 metres out, Kerno would have slotted it, but he, he bloody missed everything. I think he... Uh, you know, tried to be a bit smart and go around to the left, but uh, then we saw Silvani make over the top of Reed, um, and he uh, kicked it through to keep the Blues out in front. Uh, Mackay had a shot at goal, um, but he added just a point when he struck the post. And then after another free to Carlton, Jane, they were getting a fair run of these. Uh, we saw another goal this time through Cripps. Yeah, that was a bit silly by uh, Draper though. Um, mm. Got to know where you are on the ground. Yeah. And I think the umpire is always going to pay a free kick to someone like Patrick Cripps in that situation. Yeah. So um, I think that I'm sure the coaches will speak to Drapes about that. But um, it's pretty frustrating because it's such a soft goal. Um, it just felt like Carl was starting to drag away from us. Absolutely. Um, fortunately, though, Draper. Uh... You know, even the ledger. So he had a snap towards goal, but his kick was well short. Uh, but when we uh, scrapped it back, Draper another go. And this time he uh, snapped it through for a goal, Jane. Yeah, I was really impressed with the snap. Um, not something that we're, uh, or Sam Draper's renowned for. But um, yeah, I thought he did really well to get that goal. And he was pretty fired up after it, too. Certainly was, mate. Um, yeah, he's a real live wire. Um, you know, trying to get the boys up and about. And, you know, Perkins got the next clearance uh, and delivered to two-metre uh, two Peter to mark, you know, about 45 metres out. Normally, you know, we've seen him slot those, but, you know, whether it was wet night or whatever it was, unfortunately hit the post, so um, wasn't able to go on that occasion. Um, and then we saw Cottrell uh, kick one for the Blues. Um, and, uh, yeah, then Mackay kick his third so you know as much as we fought and scrapped um yeah at the end of that quarter we were down by 24 points five goals for 34 to their nine goals for 58 and like as soon as the team kicks nine goals you almost say we can't win because our um, scores have been terrible the last month, mate. Uh, our total score, I think it's around 198 points. So in a month of footy, that's pretty poor. Like, yeah, you're averaging about what, 49 and a half points a, a game or something like that. So, um, you know, I'm not really um, confident that we can track down these things, even though, like, the Hawthorne game was an anomaly, um, really, wasn't it? Because... We're able to kick eight goals in a term. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we haven't even looked anything like that since. Unfortunately, uh, we haven't. And, uh, you know, to start that third quarter, uh, things look to be getting worse before better uh, because we saw Kerno kick another. 
uh, before Fisher kicked the next and it was starting to look pretty ugly. Um, Durden had a couple of opportunities but missed them both. Uh, but then finally, after another big mark from Draper, who pumped it inside 50, Hobbs was able to uh, soccer a loose footy through from the top of the square. Yeah, he'd been watching the Euro League, it looked like. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great kick by Hobbs. And, um, gee, I like him as a player, mate. I reckon mm. you know, that was the web of the Hobbs, too. He, I think he'll enjoy what we were footy play, um, Ben Hobbs. So it was a nice, you know, nice goal. And I'm sure uh, as his career advances, he'll play a lot more in the middle. Absolutely, mate. Uh, unfortunately, so always uh, get one straight back. And then we had a run of four successive missed shots on goal, Jane. Um, you know, then we saw, uh, you know, Heppel get a 50-metre penalty after marking on the wing and Silvani slapped it out of his hand. Uh, and Hepps, fortunately, was good enough to go back and kick it. Yeah, captain's goal, as they say. But, um, yeah, it was a... Yeah, that, that period there where we had all the, the play and just couldn't add to the scoreboard... You know, other than behinds, it's really hurt us. Because yeah. Carlton this year, if they've had one poor trade, is that they've let teams come back at it. Mm. Um, I think we could have made them pretty nervous. But, you know, a Zach Merritt snap, mate, that one um, resonates with me. Like, such a good use of the footy, but he really rushed his kick. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, as you say, Hep got that last goal before uh, the three three-quarter time and um, yeah, it still felt a bridge too far but it was nice to get a goal and gave us somewhat of a chance in the last but um, even though we were, you know, a fair way back still um, but that last quarter, mate, was a snore fest really yeah. um, no side kicked the goal, I don't think and no. it was just a series of behinds that's it, mate. Like, um, you know, we'd seen in the previous quarter, uh, Parrish had been subbed out uh, through a calf issue. Uh, yeah, they say it's a cork, but I guess we'll find out the, the full extent of it uh, in due course. But, um, yeah, that last quarter, James, like, we had so much of the footy, but just continually coughed it up or, or failed to pull the trigger in front of goal. Like, a couple of times, like, you know, uh, Shield, like, you know, seemed to be streaming through the middle of the ground, but it just had no one to kick to. Our forwards were just not moving. We, you know, and even when we, um, you know, started, tried to sort of transition from the back line, no one was moving to, to present a target. Um, and I think that's where we're really breaking down. Like you see other clubs, um, you know, they'll present three, four different options. Uh, so a lot of unrewarded running, but that allows uh, one of your players to get free and, you um, yeah, you might get the next kick along the line. We just don't seem to do that for each other, which is really disappointing. Um, you know, we saw Carlton have a couple of pings at goal, no good. Um, and, uh, you know, Guelphie made a nice tackle from 40 metres out in front of goal. He missed that too. Heppel had another shot, but missed as well. So, um, yeah, it was realistically, Carlton had taken their foot off the pedal, Jane. Um, mm, that's what it felt like. If they'd have, you know, made more of their chances, um, you know, if that could have been a really ugly scoreline. You know, at the end of the day, we we lost by 26, which is another scoreline that flatters us. Um, and we've talked about that a few times. And I think um, if you looked just at the, yeah, the pure numbers, James, and you thought, okay, we only lost that one by 26, um, 
yeah, we only lost yeah these other games by three or four goals. Um, that can make it look like we're actually in a better position than we actually are. Mm. Um, but realistically, like it, it feels like we're getting beaten by ten goals, Jane. Um, we're just it's just so um, it's so uh, horrible to watch, mate. I I go every week, as you know, but I can't say I'm enjoying my time at the footy. I, you know, I just go out of my well, habit and loyalty, you know. Um, and I, it was always drummed into me. If you can't enjoy the bad times, I mean, if, you, can't, you can't enjoy the good times if you don't go through the bad. Yeah. Bloody hell, that's been tested, mate, because I've gone through <laughs> bloody bad times. But I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just going to say that, that yeah. You know, Kick a few more goals, that will give me some joy in going to the footy. Mm. There's just large periods where we don't even look like scoring. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, um, everyone's saying, uh, you know, oh, don't worry, a couple more weeks, we've got a win coming up, we've got the Eagles over there. Now, how many times have you said that in the last 30 years? Oh, we're going to West Coast, that'll mean a, a big win. Yeah, over the perp. And the way we're playing, mate, we've got no rights to be claiming to be, you know, we can't mark anyone as an easy win, and I'm including North Melbourne in that. Um, The way we move the footy and how stagnant we are, Mm. um, yeah, I'm not confident against any side. I'm just take every win as as it comes. But, um, you know, two and ten, uh, I don't think even the most pessimistic supporter could see this coming. And, um, yeah, just so uninspiring, as I said, that, that under 200 points over the last four weeks, uh, when you're averaging under 50 points a game um, for, a, for a month of, you know, a month period, that's uh, pretty bloody poor. And, you know, you know, I fear for the kids of today, mate, if they for precedent, they'd have to be bloody resilient because... Um, yeah, we're certainly not making them barrack for us uh, by uh, the appeal of in which we play. No, it's a it's a boring brand of footy, James. Like there's there's no excitement about it. Um, and the, and that's the the sad thing. I mean, you know, you've got you've got kids. I've got young kids. Um, and you know, <laughs> previously, um, the one thing I, I could sell them on was um, yeah, look at this bloke Tipper. Um, my daughter loved Tipper. Like, yeah, that's probably one of the only players she knew of. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> he's gone now. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I can't you know, say, say to my son, my daughter, uh, you know, look at these exciting players because, um, you know, realistically, there's, there's not much uh, to crow about. I mean, two metre Peter, if he has a good day, um, you know, that can look pretty good. But, um, Unfortunately, we're kind of bereft of, um, you know, excitement. Um, and, you know, I guess when, when you look back, James, um, yeah, to some of our darker periods, you know, like one of those I think of is, uh, you know, the Knights era. Uh, but I tell you what, James, uh, we had some of the worst losses during that period, but we had some of the biggest wins as well. Like There was some absolutely electric um, football played during that period. Um, you know, you think of guns, like love it and, 
um, yeah, Carl Reamers and all that kind of thing. Like that, that's the kind of thing that excites kids, like seeing these young blokes, um, you know, be electric and and kick goals. Um, so it's hard to sell to the fans uh, currently. Mm. Look how exciting our young list is when we're putting out performances like this. Um, so, and I guess, you know, you talk about, Jane, you know, if you can't endure the bad, you know, you can't be there to enjoy the, the good. Um, it sort of reminds me of, you know, before the game, you know, they interviewed Dyson Heppel. And again, he's just trying to, you know, put a positive spin on things and that kind of thing. He goes, uh, yeah, look, you know, it's, it's times like this when you're going through a hard grind that, you know, makes the good times all the sweeter. And I sort of had a right grin at that, Jamie, and I thought, you know, since you've come to the club, Hebel, like you've, you know, I think he's, he's played well. He's been a, a, a loyal servant to the club. But when have we been good under his um, time at Essendon? And that's not on, that's not on Heps. That's on the club. Um, because, you know, we haven't won a final. Um, so you can't say, oh, yeah, we've been through these dark periods before. And we've always come out the better because we haven't, Jamie. We yeah. just haven't. Um, so that's the reality of where things stand right now. Like, I, none of us want to be negative um, or anything like that. That's not fun for anyone. But the reality is um, we're just not in a good place at the moment. Um, there are signs for, for some hope and, and development with the younger kids. But um, I think it's going to be a long time before we see the fruition of that. Yeah, and that's the sad thing, mate. You know, I think... In all my 45 years of barrier for the Bombers, I would, in, including the saga, I would say this is our lowest ebb. Yeah. And, and I'll explain that in that um, we just don't seem, there's no pulse, you know what I mean? Like it, mm. it just seems like we're a club that is content giving out what we're giving. Um, there's no ruthlessness. There's no... This is not good enough. We're going to turn every stone over mm. to find a way out of this. This is a club that says, this is where we're at at the moment. We're not going to change anything. Um, but it'll come good because, you know, this happened at Richmond, this happened at Melbourne, and it came good, you know. So we're just going to be patient. That's going to happen to us. Mm. Do you honestly believe that, mate? Well, it doesn't. things don't just happen, Jane. Like you, you think of, um, you know, when, um, you know, when Kevin Sheedy came to the club, um, you know, that was, that was a big move at the time because, uh, you know, no one, no one liked him. Like you had blokes still in the side who had played against Sheedy and, you know, didn't like him because he was, <laughs> he was a real mongrel out on the field. Um, and he had to shake a lot of the culture up, um, you know, and that was training standards. That was, um, you know, whether you would or would not play, whether you're a senior player or not, um, he, he didn't give a crap. If you weren't up, if you weren't playing to his game plan, you weren't singing by his song, you weren't in the side. Um, so, you know, setting those standards and, you know, not being afraid to ruffle a few feathers. Um, and, you know, within like a few years of him being there, uh, you know, we've won not just one, but two premierships and he rebuilt. Um, and we obviously won a couple more uh, during his tenure. And, uh, yeah, again, for, for all Sheedy's faults, uh, particularly in his latter years where he'd, he'd sort of pick the same olds, um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, a lot of us 
got a bit tired of that at the end because you know while we were hovering around you know the low low finals places we were um you know up towards the upper end and you know we expected jane you know prelims semis all the rest of it uh we weren't getting it weren't happy with it um so we said you know thanks for your service kevin off you go we, we need some new blood uh and we haven't won a, won a final since then yeah i think um dustin fletcher said it before the game mate but um since 1968 until 2022, not one Essendon or one, no other Essendon coach has won a final. Yep. So from 1968 to 2022, only Kevin Sheedy has won a final at the helm of Essendon. So um, that's pretty damning, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah, what's that? What's it, nearly yeah, 60 54 years? years. Huh? 54 years, Jane. Yeah, but 54 years. And admittingly, Kevin was there for, was it 27? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so we've had 27 years when Kevin hasn't coached <laughs> that we haven't won a final mm. in total. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty, uh, you know, and... The thing is, maybe in retrospect, like, I reckon that we're unlucky. I reckon Hurdy would have got us there. I've got no doubt on that. Yep. Um, just the way he was, he, he loved it. it. You know, it makes you so angry that, you know, the saga happened. Um, and I don't blame Hurdy for that. I blame, you know, the senior leaders of the club at that time. They should never have put a first-year coach in that position that this stuff could be going on behind his back. Yeah. And even if he was aware of some of it, like not to the extent of what the AFL would like you to believe, but where did anyone step in and go, nah, that's going to stop, could, could backfire. Yeah. Nothing happened. But instead of begrudging going back into that, I still reckon Hurdy was probably the closest we got to a coach and maybe Bomber for that one year when... Heard he was out. Yeah. Maybe those two are the only ones that may have got us there over time. Yeah, well, the players um, played from Jane. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, and they commanded respect. Mm. Um, and yeah, like every other coach were picked. You know, your Matthew Knights, uh, Warsfold, and now Rutten were just choosing, you know, nice or on the open. Uh, nice people who, you know, just go with the board and don't rock the boat and anything like that. Well, Kevin Sheedy and the likes of him should kind of really be opening their eyes to say, shit, the way we go forward is getting someone to rock the boat of this culture because the culture that there stinks. Yeah. No, that's right. I mean, like, just thinking through those names, Jane, not the one thing I'll... I'll say, uh, and, and, you know, I wasn't a big fan of Matty Knights and, you know, I think he ruined a lot of careers. Um, as, as I, mean, like, I think you know, Lloydie could have gone on, um, you know, he left, you know, the, the Johnson boys to languish in the VFL um, and, uh, yeah, we lost a lot of our culture. But I will say he at least, um, you know, backed in his game plan and backed in his, his system. Um, it didn't work, but... Like, at least, 
you know, he, he stood for something. Um, whereas, you know, worse for old, uh, you know, he, he was he was good as a, I suppose, uh, conciliation figure, you know, after the saga. We needed someone steady at the helm to uh, lead, us, lead us through that. But you couldn't say he, um, he had a vision for... Um, Oh, yeah, this is how we're going to get there, and a drive to it to actually you know, bring those those players up. But I, I didn't get the sense that the players actually um, you know, engaged with him particularly well, or, <clears throat> or um, you know played for him. And um, yeah, we we saw comments uh, during the week, Jane, that uh, Worsfold said, "Oh, you know, the during my time there, um, you know, the the board was X Y Z, and <clears throat> I wasn't able to do things." Um, yeah, because that's um, that's not what the way they wanted it. Um, look, to me, that like as much as you know, we criticise the board and everything like that, James. Like we're not in positions of um, of power, seniority, or you know, influence of the Essendon Football Club. John Worsfold absolutely was. He was coach of that football club, James. And for him to now come out, what two years at least since he's coached there. And however many years since he actually you know, felt those comments, uh, and from only now to come out and um, and have a dig at them, that, yeah. that's that's pretty weak to me. Um, if you felt there was a problem, you felt you weren't supported by the board, you felt that um, you know, the the club itself wasn't served, um, you know, to its best possibility by the current board, you were in a position to actually do something about it. Um, and it seems to me, if that's what he felt, he's just gone, oh, well, that's a bit too hard. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'll just toe the line. Um, yeah, for me, it's not good enough to, um, yeah, when you're in that kind of situation to, you know, toe the line and then have a grumble about it afterwards. Um, yeah, that, that's that's pretty weak to mine. Yeah, well, it looks like we're stuck with the status quo, right? That's what I'm we're being told before even this internal review starts. Mm. Everyone's in the right positions, just about uh, what support could be given to them. That's that's the party line at the moment. It doesn't fill you with a lot of hope. But um Well, it doesn't, Jane, because like any any review where you've already got predetermined outcomes mm. is is not worth its like, <laughs> like it isn't worth blading to being done. It's not <laughs> worth the paper it's written on. Um because like the, the purpose of a review is to go, okay, what's working? What isn't? Um, what are the things you want to keep? What are the things um, you want to you know, develop, improve on? And what are the things you need to throw away? Um, things that aren't working. Um, yeah, only then can you go, okay, do we have the correct people in positions? Do we have the correct support structures? Uh, what else do we need to bring in to actually you know, breed a successful football program? at the Essendon Football Club, if you've already predetermined, okay, these are the people that's there and there's nothing that you can do about it, we're going to sign them in um, like, and you know, suck it up, essentially, uh, what, what's the purpose of a review? And it's, a, again, an internal review. Um, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Dave, anyone out there um, who, who works for an employer, um, and they said to you, you know, whether you're at low levels, whether you're middle management, uh, or even senior management, if they said to you, I want you to review, do a review of this company um, and tell me what you reckon. Do you reckon your your views are, are going to be actually sort of honest, direct, and um, you know, 
paint paint out the problems exactly as they are, or are they going to be slightly positive leaning? Um, uh, of course, you you rubber stamp these decisions, right? Yep. So if you came out and openly admitted, okay, we got that decision wrong, we got that decision wrong, then your reputation and your stake in that company would start to be questioned because you're openly admitting that you have not made the right decisions in key stakeholders, stakeholders in key positions. Mm. So no one's going to admit that openly. And I'll, I'll tell you what I think will happen, man. I reckon at the end of this, all that's going to change, I reckon Sean Murphy will be in trouble with the, you know, the injuries and, and that. Yeah. I reckon you'll find people like Lee Tudor and Cam Roberts, they might be in trouble because, you know, uh, yeah, they're in charge of some development. Mm. Um, and and who knows if any of the uh, key assistant coaches go, but I, I, I tend to think only if they got offered a better offer, will they leave? Yeah. And because they were locked in as, you know, key uh, assets because, you know, they were, had good reputations. Mm. So... I can't see anything wide-spanning. And we talked about maybe someone like a Choco Williams coming in. I just don't reckon our board would be open to that because no. you get someone with a strong mindset, they're hard to manage sometimes because they'll, they'll tell you between the eyes mm. what's wrong. And I don't think we've got a board that wants to listen. No, no. And like to me, and you know, people can... You know, hail me down for it and you know, just tell me I'm X, Y, and Z. Uh, but to me, like when you heard, you know, during the at halftime, we were down by like four goals or so, and they talk to Madden and they say, What do you reckon? And he goes, Oh, look, it's not about tonight's game, it's about the history and you know, the club and the future. Um, like that to me tells you exactly um, where the club's at. Um, they don't want to admit that right now things aren't great. Um, they want to rest in their laurels as a club and they go, oh, look at how many premierships we've got. Um, and I'm sure we'll be successful in the future. Well, again, nothing happens through hope. Nothing happens through um, just expecting something will happen. Um, you have to actually do something about it. You have to work. Um, you have to make tough decisions. Like it's, mm. um, so, you know, for mine, it, it's that kind of mindset which leaves Essendon in this um, path to nowhere by people, I suppose, not accepting the realities of where we are and, and that, you know, um, you know, a lot of, um, you know, proper work and um, yeah, stuff has to go into actually building us up from where we are as a club right now, um, which is 16th on the ladder, Jane, um, to, to where we want to be. You know, if top four aspirations, whatever we want, uh, want to do, um, a lot of bloody hard work has to go into it, not just not just hope. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, the club really needs to, uh, yeah, get a get an external review um, because without that, we'll just continue to perpetuate the lies that we tell ourselves. And honestly, James, sometimes I kind of wish that uh, the club would would put a curtain over those sixteen cups <laughs> and say, okay. Because right now, what does it mean to us? It yeah. means nothing. Like right now, um, you know, we can remain a 16 uh, premiership winning team and not have any success, you know, for the rest of you know, the AFL um, as it is, you know, 
if you put that that curtain up there and say, all right, now what do we want to build? Mm. Um, because yeah, resting in our laurels and looking how back, looking how good we were, um, isn't getting us anywhere. Yeah. Um, in better news, mate. Before we go to the break, <laughs> uh, we watched the or we have seen the two results from today at Windy Hill. Mm. What a great result for a VFLW team. Um, you know, marching their way into the, I think, the second semi. Um, it was a really large win. Uh, you got that score there, mate? I think it was something like 70 to 30 yeah, or something. A, it was a bit, of a bit of a thumping in the end. Um, and I think we actually drew against um, uh, Hawthorne, uh, or Box Hill, rather, um, only a couple of weeks ago or so. So it was a um, just a, a fantastic um, you know result uh, for the AFLW girls, um, uh, yeah, and then of course the um, uh, so it was <laughs> eight goals twelve sixty oh, to yep. Box Hill or Hawthorne's one goal one, um, so a bit of a bit of a schlacking the girls gave them, which is. Um, which is fantastic, so they'll advance. Um, and I'll just see if I can um, find that. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it was three weeks ago, um, so 15th of May, when we played uh, Hawthorne last, and it was it was even Stevens. Uh, so each kick, four goals, 7.31. That's how tight the, um, I suppose, race was. Um, Beforehand at the top of the top of the ladder clash and to to come out, yeah, you know, sort of nine goal victors there, Jane. Absolutely huge result. Oh, massive and well done, ladies leading the way for the Essendon Footy Club. Uh, so it'll be great to see them in action in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and also, mate, um, we had a big surprise win in the VFL, which I'm sure our friend Paul Cousins would be enjoying right now. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, surprised Carlton. Um, so at least we got one win over the Blues. Um, <laughs> we were a thrilling finish, mate. We watched that, uh, and um, yeah, it was very great to see uh, to see uh, us get that goal and uh, from Nick Bryan to seal a win. And uh, always good to beat Carlton. Absolutely is, mate. Um, yeah, like watching that that last quarter together, Jay. It was. Uh... It was pretty riveting stuff. Um, yeah, you know, because, uh, you know, we'd started that quarter down by a couple of goals. Um, then early in that, in the fourth, so we saw Tommy Hurd kick one, uh, Sam Conforti uh, kick one to, you know, get us in front. Uh, and then, uh, you know, late in that quarter, uh, Nick Bryan, uh, you know, he's, uh, he got that free for, you know, basically being pushed in the in the ruck contest, and uh, I just loved how we, you know, he, he went right back, Jamie. He was a big sort of Ben Brown runner. Uh, <laughs> took all of his time um, to uh, yeah go back steady and and slot the goal and um, an important one it was. Uh, so ended up uh, winning that one. Twelve goals, eight eighty to the Blues. Ten goals, eleven seventy one. Yeah, and Carl needed that win to kind of seal up the top four position in the um, 
in the VFL. So it's good to stop that, um, even though we couldn't quite stop it in the senior side. But uh, certainly it was a thrilling, uh, thrilling end to our VFL day and a, a good day all around for the club as they go into tonight's uh, gala dinner. Mm. A couple of good things to talk about. Um, mate, uh, what did you think of the 495 buck <laughs> price tag of the gala? Oh, tell you what, Laura. Yeah, a lot of us have been. Would you say we're an inclusive club? Oh, absolutely not. Um, no, that's like that reeks of, uh, you know, the silver spoons, Jame. And, mm. you know, let's make sure we drink, gentrify this occasion. We don't want the, the heathens to, uh, to be able to attend. Like, you know, both you and I, Jame, like we're in like fairly decent wickets, but I, 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 I dare say for both of us, five hundred bucks for a, for a night. That's that's beyond our our means. Um, uh, I, I think yeah, that sort of speaks to you know when you one of the biggest um, I suppose um, goals of the club in recent years, James, is they said they want to be the most ex- inclusive club <laughs> in the AFL. That's that's crap. Um, mm. You know, charging five hundred bucks for a, for a gala dinner. Um, but it just reeks of a, a money-making venture for mine. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty pretty disappointing, especially um, for uh, you know where where the clubs at now. Um, yeah, you'd think they'd want to uh, yeah conjure a bit of goodwill with the supporter base, but um, they're, they're keeping us up at arm's length. Well, that's how it feels to me, Joe. Yeah. Well, let's have a break, mate, and we'll come back and we'll go through uh, Don's cast metal votes. And you'll listen to Don's cast as we go through our Don's cast metal votes. And mate, I think it's safe to say Darcy Parrish won't be adding to his leading votes. Nah, unfortunately, that uh, that injury before half time there, um, yeah, curtailed his chances. Certainly, he was finding plenty of footy. Uh, I mean, but Carlton were holding him fairly well, but uh, he was still able to find the footy when he was out there. But uh, that calf uh, certainly, um, yeah, put that to a stop. Um, hopefully, he's not out for too long or out at all. But I guess we'll see how that pans out um but as for the boys that uh you know were able to battle through the rest of the match now i'll go through my votes first as always jane um yeah for me for the one vote i've um gone for the young bloke uh in hobbs i thought uh yeah again just um he's just showing he's he's a real class um uh i suppose User like he he generally makes um, good decisions. He's still got a bit of work to do there, particularly with his kicking and uh, efficiency. But um, I think uh, yeah, he, he's able to find the footy. He doesn't um, doesn't lack for um, yeah courage or anything like that. Uh, kicked a nice goal, uh, so ended up ended up with a seventeen possessions there and a few tackles, which is nice. Um, but it's just is a is uh, sort of he's always in the contest, James, uh, which I really like. So, um, yeah, thought he deserved a vote. Uh, for two votes, I went for Sam Draper. Um, 
you know, the thing I really liked about his game, James, um, was his, his marking. Like he took at least three really big marks um, and, a, and a fourth uh, in the game there. Uh, obviously, he hit outs pretty well. He A couple of, um, yeah, I noticed with his tap work, it seemed, uh, you know, really just nice touches um, straight into the path of your midfielders. Um, so we're able to get a little bit of ascendancy there, but just not able to, um, to use it properly. But yeah, certainly he was trying to find us enough with footy. Uh, kicked a couple of goals and um, was trying to get us up and about, James. Um, so I thought he he played a um, you know a decent game for us. Um, wow. With the three votes, I went for Nick Hind. Um, you know, again, like he he just his running carry is really important for us. Yeah, particularly when we're looking fairly stagnant through the middle of the ground. Uh, I just love the way he tucks the ball under his arm, goes for a run. Um, ended up with the 22 disposals, uh, 15 kicks, uh, 424 metres gained and a, and a goal assist. Um, so, yeah, I was like really liking um, yeah, his play and, uh, yeah, really finding that form from last year. So three votes to Heidi. Uh, four votes to went to Zach Merritt. Now, some people might sort of question that, but again, um, yeah, he just finds so much of the footy and generally uses it uh, fairly well. I mean, his, his use of the footy wasn't as good. Um, on this occasion, you know, under 70%, so 69.2% disposal efficiency. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, he had eight score involvements, nine contested possessions, five inside 50s uh, with the 26 disposals uh, and four tackles. So uh, to go with his six clearances and 536 metres gained, uh, I thought he was one who um, you know, kept cracking in all night uh, in an otherwise uh, you know, fairly dour performance for the team. Um, and with the five votes, I went for Dylan Shield, James. Um, you know, again, he, he really, um, I, I think he, he tried to really lift for this game. And what I really liked about his game, James, was the 10 tackles. Like, that's that's huge. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, to go with his eight clearances. So, yeah, really trying to get us going. I still question his decision-making at times. Like there are a couple of times where he's come steaming through the middle of the ground um, and either failed to pull the trigger with a kick or, um, you know, handballed up to someone in, in more pressure. Um, so of his 27 disposals, only the 179 metres gained, and that's where I think he can, like, improve quite a lot there. Um but still his, his defensive efforts, his, his pressure and that, I thought was, um, yeah, one of the, the highlights. That goal was um, was huge. Um, so um, I guess the one thing that really got me over the line uh, was Shield. And again, I know we should be talking about just on-field performances only, uh, but his interview after the game, Jane, um, yeah, for those who haven't watched it yet, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, yeah, he didn't put a positive spin on it. He just told things honestly as as he sees it. Um, and it's just, I find it so refreshing when the club are, are honest and, and say, this is what we're we're doing well, but these are the things we're, we're falling short in, continue to develop. Um, he looked really frustrated in terms of, he's like, look, we're doing the work. It's just not coming out of the park. For me, I'm, I'm more ready to... Uh, to take that on board and go, okay, well, at least they're, they're knuckling in. They're not ignoring that there are problems. They know that, you know, 
um, you know, the opposition, and he, he mentioned this, like, are able to open us up down the middle of the ground week in, week out, like it happens time and time again. Um, you know, the, the use of the footy, the way that, um, you know, the opposition is able to, you know, get uncontested marks and, um, you know, find open players. Uh, like, these are the things he's talked about. So the breakdown of our defensive structures. Um, like, so he knows that things aren't going well. And I think, like, that's a real, um, I suppose, show of maturity when you acknowledge the things that aren't going well. Then Only then, only when you acknowledge things can you then properly work on them rather than put your... Uh, your head in the sand and, you know, sorry to use this example, but, um, you know, when you hear the likes of Dyson Heppel saying, oh, no, she'll be right. Um, you know, we're working on a couple of the things, but, uh, you know, we'll be right at the end of it. That tells you nothing. That that doesn't tell me that you've acknowledged the, the specific problems that you've had. So I, I really liked how Dylan Shields spoke uh, and probably got me over the line uh, to give him the five votes. Uh, but I'd be, I'd be interested to see how you saw it, James. Yeah, pretty uh, similar to your votes, mate. Um, yeah, I, I went uh, five for Dylan Shield. Again, there's that effort for, you know, he had a total different mindset that he usually plays with, I thought. Um, yep. I thought he certainly led the way. Uh, Ten tackles is huge, mate. We haven't had those numbers since uh, Dev Smith was up and about, you know. Um, so that was just showed about his mindset. That's a mile apart from his Sydney effort, you know, many weeks ago, if you remember. Um, yeah, the four votes, uh, you know, I went for Nick Hind. Again, it's not the how he uses the footy, it's just his effort and it always is working hard, 100% to try and get us forward. Um, so I really rated his performance. Um, three, I gave to Zach Merritt. Again, um, yeah, he certainly made some errors, especially uh, around the goals, mate. It would have been nice for him to kick a bit straighter um, yeah. when he had those small opportunities. But um, yeah, he certainly knows how to get plenty of the footy um, and generally uses it pretty well. Um, but yeah, and then, uh, you know, some other players that jumped out at me, I gave two to Perkins. Um, Great to see him get a bit more time on the ball, um, especially in that second half. Found a lot of the footy, you know, probably didn't find as many targets as he wanted to, but everything he did was in traffic. And, um, gives you some hope that there's a real player there. Mm. I gave one vote to Ben Hobbs, and again, he's building a, a good first season. And I think uh, you know, he's probably been our pick of the bunch in um, first year players. Certainly has, mate. No, he's performing very well. All right, so if I go through the tallies um, as things stand right now, uh, so from the bottom, uh, so on three votes each, we've got uh, Dyson Heppel and Tommy Cutler. On four votes, we've got Andy McGrath and Jai Caldwell. Five votes each, we've got Sammy Durham and Alec Waterman. Seven votes apiece, we've got Ben Hobbs, Zach Reed, and Jordan Ridley. On 11 votes, you've got Matt Guelphy. On 14 votes, you've got Archie Perkins and Jake Kelly. On 17 votes, you've got Jaden Laverde. 19 is Sammy Draper. On 25 votes is Peter Wright. 29 votes is Mason Redman. On 30 votes apiece, you've got Dylan Sheel and Nick Hind. On 31 votes, you've got Zach Merritt. On 41, you've got Nick Martin. And out in front, 
is Darcy Parish with 54 Don's Cast Metal votes. Mm, it's heating up a bit there. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see as the season goes on, or uh, the season goes on, how um, <laughs> how the vote leaders change. But, um, yeah, Darcy's held the lead for most of the season. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how long this injury will keep him out, if at all. Mm. Truck was kind of alluding that it was a bit of a corky, and you never know how they are until a few days afterwards. So, yeah. uh, from that, he's probably out for six weeks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll, wait. <laughs> we'll wait and see. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in the way Essendon report their injuries, to be honest. But yeah. um, uh, it's uh, long standing that that my theory. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, because really there's been no real standout this year, has there? Like, you know, Parrish has found a lot of footy, but hasn't always used it well. Yeah. Um, you know, Merritt probably nowhere near as good a season as last year. Um, mm. So, and there's been a void of anyone else, really. You know, you had Stringer hardly play a game and look pretty poor yesterday, to be honest, um, you know, coming back from injury. Yeah, so, just on that, Jane, um I just found it, I personally found it pretty bemusing mm. that, um, you know, Benny Rutten got into Jake Stringer. Like they asked him, you know, Jake Stringer come back into the side and, you know, he's pretty tough on him and said, you know, he's a senior player. We expect more from him. And you get that. You understand that. But for me, Essendon's rushed him back. The bloke was yeah. injured. Um, and, you know, we all know that... Um, you know, Jake Stringer, he's not the sort of bloke that comes straight back in and, and makes an impact. Um, you know, for me, we've rushed him back and we've expected him to hit the ground running and he's um, he just doesn't look fit, mate. Um, so unless he's done the greatest of all, you know, acting during practice and, um, you know, failed to turn up for a game, that doesn't sound all that likely to me, but I think Essen. Um, and our fitness staff have a bit to answer for there in terms of um, yeah, leaving him out to dry, really. Because um, mm. certainly throughout the year, we've seen blokes put in you know, worse performances than that and um, you know, not get called out. So I just found that um, yeah, a bit amusing from Rutten. Yeah, uh, I can certainly see why you say that because, um, you know, like he's supposed to say, oh, he's a senior player, he should be playing much better than that. Well, He's got no form behind him because he's been out injured. Um, and you selected him. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, mm. um, yeah, yeah, I find that a little bit amusing. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll um, have an opportunity after this break where we go through the numbers, mate, and we'll discuss each player's form, including Jake's numbers. And you all listen to Don's cast as we go by the numbers. Mm. And, mate, we had a, a late admission with Andy McGrath not playing on a um, big game. So uh, he'll be held over for next week. So let's start at number two with Sam Draper. 
Yeah, well, as I said, mate, um, I thought he had a solid game for us, gave him a couple of votes. Um, so, yeah, particularly strong marking, I thought was a real asset to his game. A couple of goals, pretty nice as well. So good game from Sammy Draper. Yeah, it's great to see him holding his marks, and particularly when it was quite damp and wet. Um, and we know he's had some struggles with the marking part of his game, especially in contests, but he actually took quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bit... <laughs> Bit funny watching him trying to volleyball all over his head a couple of times. Um, yeah. in his creativeness, but um, yeah, a couple of goals. So yeah, really good game from Sammy, and yeah, unlucky not to get a vote from me. Um, Darcy Parish, mate. Uh, Truck was saying that he may have even got that cork around the first bounce and mm-hmm. tried to play through the, the pain of it, and aggressively got worse. Um, certainly, uh, you know, just the ten disposals. Which is uh, unusual, but um, yeah, and, uh, before he is subbed out, and, you know, he must be in some doubt for next Friday night. Yeah, I guess we'll uh, see there. I mean, he certainly laboured, um, and uh, you know, whether he picked it up in that first contest or at least that first quarter, uh, certainly did hamper him. Um, but uh, yeah, let's hope he doesn't keep him out too long, um, yeah, because he's a very important member of the machine in there. Yeah, uh, Joy Cole, well, um, Again, it's not getting a whole heap of you know on ball time, um, especially in the clearances and so forth. Mm. But he had the 18 disposals, 11 kicks, seven handballs, three marks, and four tackles. So he's a hard worker. And, um, probably had a couple of uh, kicks towards goal, which probably weren't his best efforts. But um, yeah, yeah, I think there's still a lot to like, and we've got to remember he's still only 21 years old. Yeah, absolutely. I'm- uh, I think he played a solid game. Um, you know, he, he just seems like that in and under play. You don't necessarily notice every position he gets. Um, and he's not particularly damaging yet, uh, but I'm sure he'll get there because um, he knows how to find the footy. He's hard at it. Like to lay the five tackles, I thought was a really good um, string to his bow there. Uh, so I'd say a solid game from Jai. And um, yeah, I'm just loving seeing every game, you know, of more development we're seeing him. Because uh, I think there's a real player there. Uh, it's great to see Zach Merritt made um, kick the ball a lot more. Um, mm. Yeah, he had the 26 disposals, but 18 kicks, and you know there's been times where it's really been handball focused. So I think there's been a shift there. Um, yeah, he still used the ball. Uh, yeah, not as well as yeah, considering the conditions, probably as expected. But um, yeah, just at 69% efficiency, but. Um, mm. Yeah, I still think uh, yeah he's a key player for us and yeah, had a pretty good game. Did, mate. Um, yeah, I gave him second best on. Uh, so really rated his game. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll lift as the uh, season keeps going. But uh, yeah, he doesn't stop trying, that's for sure. Uh, young Dynamo, Ben Hobbs, um, you know, had 17 disposals, 10 kicks, 7 handballs. Six marks, mate. Not bad for a guy, you know, around the six-foot mark. And, um, yep. you know, the three tackles as well. Um, didn't play a whole heap on ball, but, like, really, uh, you know, finding a lot of the footy around that half-forward line, you know, he's been a really good selection. He has, mate. Um, yeah. Like, he knows where to go to find the footy. He goes in hard. Um, 
you know, to get it and, and looks out for his teammates. So um, um loving what he's uh loving what he's doing and another vote for him. So um no, good work from Ben Hobbs. Yeah, a nice goal he added as well. Um, Dylan Shield, we talked about him, mate. We both gave him best on. Um, look, this is where the exception is, mate. He had the 27 disposals, only nine of them kicks, mm. uh, which is probably a bit surprising to some. 18 handballs, which goes to show that he's releasing the ball by hand. Uh, whether that's an instruction or he's not confident in his foot, I'm not sure. Five marks, but the big thing that won me over was the 10 tackles and... Yeah. Um, you know, we know about um, Dylan really got criticised strongly uh, for that Sydney game. That was a good way to respond. Was, mate. Um, no, a really good performance. You know, I said best on. So uh, not a lot more from me. And hopefully, um, you know, he keeps up that sort of attacking effort, um, particularly with the tackling. Uh, the person that came in for Andy McGrath was Tom Cutler. And I don't know what to make of him, mate. He's, he's had the 14 disposals, 10 kicks, four handballs, six marks, a couple of tackles, which is a lot for Tom. Mm. Um, there's a lot of games where he gets zero. Um, but I really don't notice him. He gives away a few free kicks, mate. He seems a bit uh, fearful when the ball's around his opponent. He starts grabbing the hold of it and it's the umpire can see quite clearly. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. Yeah, he seems to be... Almost a list clogger to me sometimes, but um, certainly has the skills and attributes. It could be a good player. He does, mate, and that's what's frustrating about him. And like, because you look at his size, his speed, like he's yeah, he's got a thumping boot on him, um, but it's like he's reluctant to use them. Um, so yeah, and particularly when we play him down back, um, yeah, he, he, it's obviously a position he's not comfortable in. So he. Uh, yeah, he does give away those those frees, which is frustrating because it hurts you. Um, and it's games like last night against Carlton. Um, like I got frustrated with his game because I just want him to go a little bit harder at some of the contests um, and you know pick the footy up rather than you know try to um, uh, you know sort of shear it around or wait for the Carlton player to pick it up and, and then try the tackle because the, the Carlton players were breaking our tackles left, right, and centre. So that's a, a big area of a game we need to work on. But um, yeah, I'd say a, a sub-average game from Tommy Cutler. Um, yeah, I, I'd hope he'd, he'd lift and, um, uh, yeah, really up his defensive game. Yeah. Um, Jordan Ridley, mate, I, I nearly gave him a vote. I thought he'd tried really hard last night, you know. Mm. Uh, he's probably not suited to be a key position player, but yeah. kind of playing him there anyway. Um we only had the 14 disposals, 11 kicks, three handballs, six marks and three tackles. Uh, certainly his effort's always there. Um, used the ball at 100% efficiency, mate, which isn't surprising. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I just think that um, yeah, he's being a bit, I don't know, he's not used correctly. I, I'd like to see him be a bit more attacking, but we're kind of really making him, trying to make him accountable to an opponent, uh, Yeah. I think he's better third man up, honestly. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, like first half, I, I think he was playing really well, but obviously position changes there. So, I mean, they moved. Like they had Zach Reed on um, Mackay early. Um, Mackay was starting to get out a bit, so they moved Lab on there. So a few position changes probably meant that Ridley had to take a man uh, to help out Reed. Um, but, 
yeah, and from there, I suppose his impact on the game was was less. He still uh, took a number of good marks um, and was solid, um, but you, you couldn't say um, you know, he, he was outstanding. So um, I suppose a, uh, an average Ridley game um, from this season. And uh, again, it's uh, whatever it is this season, that means he's not um, you know, chewing off those uh, kicks that we know he's capable of. I'm not sure, but... Um, yeah, I suppose a, a, an average to solid game from Ridley on the night. Uh, uh, Jaden Laverty, you know, uh, he's not there to collect position, possession, sorry, only had the 10, uh, seven kicks, three handballs, three marks, seven tackles, mate. So that tells you that his DNA to harass him. Um, yeah, he, pro- he used the ball, ball pretty poorly, I thought, on the night, mate. A lot of kicks and hopes and out of bounds in the forward. You know, um, but as I said, he's not really there to, to use the footy like that. But his endeavours always there, and um, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty average game, like Jaden. Yeah, I mean, yeah, tries hard, um, and certainly when he went to Mackay, um, yeah, he battled as hard as he could. But um, yeah, the, the Carlton forward line was just all over us, and um, yeah, I think it makes life as a defender pretty tough, uh, particularly when they're getting so many entries. Um, in such rapid succession. So, um, yeah, I'd say a solid game from Lav, um, but certainly, uh, you know, we didn't really help him out down there. One thing I liked was, you know, seven tackles, so he's you know, throwing himself around down there. Um, yeah, but it was pretty tough opposition. Yeah. Um, Archie Perkins, mate, um, you know, I gave him a couple of votes. Of, you know, I thought his second half was much better than his first, um, but I also thought... Yeah, with Parrish going off, that's probably where he got his opportunity a bit more. Mm. Um, but he had the 18 disposals, yeah, 11 kicks, seven handballs, three marks and the four tackles. You know, like he's certainly going to be a player. He's certainly got a lot of the footy around that wing area. Um, mm. Probably you know, learning his craft in the midfield. I'd like to see him bring the ball forward a bit more um, rather than playing across the wings. But... Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a really good player over time. Yeah, he will, mate. Um, like there was a couple of moments there where he used his hips um, to, you know, get out of tackles and try and get himself in better positions. Um, so I, I quite like that about his game that he backs himself. Um, you know, he played on cribs for a, a while of the match, so some good, um, yeah, good opportunity to get right up close against one of the, you know, better, better midfielders of the competition and, and see how he goes about it for his own development. Um, so, look, I'd say a solid game for Archie Perkins. Um, he tried to, you know, bite off some dangerous kicks for us. But, again, we make it difficult um, for him when our forward line, you know, the blokes in our forward line don't actually move for him, present a target. Um, until that happens, I, I think, um, yeah, we're continually going to see, um, you know, our, our entries inside 50 struggle. But certainly I think um, Archie Perkins was uh, was trying his best to, get us on the front foot and as he develops as you say Jane he'll uh, be able to you know make better options uh, you know draw the man to the footy um, uh, sort of demand that happen from the forwards um, but no I'm liking liking his development yeah um, yeah we got Nick Hind uh, you know I, I thought he had a really good game um, had the 22 disposals 15 kicks 7 handballs Four marks, just a one tackle, but uh, you know, 
every ball he has, he, he tries to break a line open, mate, and yep. get us forward. And he went at 77% efficiency. So, what a pretty good game by Nick Hind. Yeah, it was, mate. Uh, yeah, gave him gave him a good man of eights. Um, so, I thought he had a, a really good game for us. So, um, no, I'm liking that he's found his, his form from last year. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got Peter Wright, mate. He, um, he's attributed to having 13 disposals. Only kicked the two behinds on the night. Um, had nine kicks, four handballs, which surprised me. I didn't realise he had that much of the footy. Um, mm. Seven marks, which is pretty good on a wet night. Um, uh, zero tackles, which, you know, kind of expected. But... Um, yeah, he'd be disappointed not to add to his goal tally yet again. Uh, I think there's about three weeks or three, three, three weeks in a row where he doesn't get a goal. Yeah. Um, look, I, I was, um, yeah, kind of disappointed in his game, Jamie, because again, he, he doesn't lead up. I mean, it's no good running 15 k's, um, you know, around the ground when your position is, you know, to kick goals for us up forward. Um, so. Uh, uh, and certainly, like, you know, acknowledging the conditions, like it was a pretty slippery night, so it wouldn't have been easy as a tall forward to take a bunch of marks. Um, but still, um, you know, you, you kind of think, what can you do? Um, you, you could have tried to lead up at the footy more. Um, when you did have opportunities, I mean, it's not like he tried to miss. He obviously tried to kick goals, uh, but uh, just didn't go from the night. I'd say a pretty sub-average game from Peter Wright. Not through you know, lack of effort necessarily, but uh, I think lack of application to the actual position that we've, um, you know, we've assigned for him to play, which is up forward as a key focal target to, to kick goals for us, which um, you know, he failed to do on the night. Yeah. Uh, Dyson Hempel, mate, um, yeah, he always finds a bit of the footy, but you know, a lot of them, they feel like their turnovers or slow or mm. you know, not really attacking Yep. He kick a goal in the night. Um, he had a couple of tackles, seven marks, so yeah, it wasn't through lack of effort. Uh, he's attributed as going to 71%, mate, by efficiency. Um, again, I sometimes question these stats because, like, in real time, it certainly doesn't feel that way. Yep. Um, but, you know, he, he certainly puts the effort. You can't say the captain doesn't give his all, that's for sure. No, and that's a... That's the thing. Oh, you know, we obviously judge him harsher than others because he is the, the captain. And, um, you know, we've seen a level of performance from him over a number of years uh, that would suggest he's capable of, um, you know, delivering a lot more output-wise. Uh, um, so, like, acknowledging that, like, if you look at his at just his stats, not thinking of... Yeah, the captain of the football club, you think he had, he's had a pretty solid game. And I think realistically he has. Um, but those turnovers, James, like he's, he's noted as having the four clangers. It, it felt like more, uh, but that's probably because where he coughed it up and it was right in the middle of the ground, gave away a number of goals, um, which just kills you. And I think, you know, for me, one thing I found um, pretty bemusing was that position-wise, we seem to play more on the wing as opposed to that dedicated you know, halfback role, which, you know, we sort of um, uh, put him in for. And, yeah, he was trying to, you know, bite off these these kicks. And, like, 
for all his his traits and everything like that, James, no one has ever said Dyson Hebel has been a um, elite user of the football. Um, you know, he can certainly find it, um, and you know, generally makes good decisions. Um, but he was trying to um, you know, make kicks that yeah, you know, he, he just can't make. Um, yeah, which is unfortunate. But the reality is, when when you try to chew one of these off and the Carlton players are onto it, boom! It just went straight back for a goal, um, which which kills you, particularly when we're not scoring much ourselves. So, um, I think he's a uh, a bit of a victim of his previous, um, I suppose, successes, his, his previous um, uh, performances. I think he had a solid game. Um, it was good to see him kick that goal, but certainly. Uh, from our captain, from a leadership perspective, um, I'd want to see a lot more uh, in terms of actually lifting the team because, um, you know, as soon as you take on the leadership role, you are no longer an individual. Uh, you are a leader of the football club and you're expected to um, you know, get the other guys to lift around you. Um, and a, a pre-match speech uh, isn't where your responsibility ends for mine. No, I'd agree with that. Uh, Sam Durham, mate, he really struggled on the night, I thought. You know, just the eight disposals, five kicks, three handballs, three marks and just two tackles. Um, yeah, he really struggled to find the footy. Yeah. Um, yeah, he used it pretty well at 88%, but, you know, when you only get the footy that much, it's not really... Uh... Yeah, he, he certainly goes for his marks. You know, that's, mm. I think, one thing I've noticed this year. He goes for him. He hasn't been holding as many as he probably like but yeah, what did you think of his game? No, I think he had a, a pretty uh, you know, disappointing game by his standards. And again, it's not through lack of effort. He was certainly uh, you know, trying really hard and you know, towards the end, he started to use that you know, bit of marking power he's got. But again, um, I, lo- I, I like the way he goes about it and I think you'll have these down games from him. He's still a young bloke uh, because I think he's still got a lot to um, yeah, to actually show and give to this football club. Um, uh, so, look, I, for Sammy Durham, um, who doesn't lack for courage or anything like that, I'm, I'm I suppose, uh, you know, comfortable with um, him having these, um, yeah, less inspiring performances mm-hmm. um, because I think there's a real player in Sam Durham and I think, um, yeah, as he gets more development into him, gets more games and all the rest of it, uh, gets another preseason under his belt. He'll be um, he could be really important for us. Um, so yeah, average night um, yeah for Sammy Durham. What I'd say about Sam as well is that he's got to learn to hold his tackles. Right, there's a few yeah. times he got danced around. He's not alone. Mm. There's a lot of our players that seem to have an inability to hold their tackles. But um, yeah. that's something I'd like to see him improve. Uh, Harry Jones has been great having him back in the side. Well, he, you know, certainly after halftime, he didn't do a whole heap. Um, but he did kick those first two goals uh, in the oh, sorry, his two goals in his first half. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, I thought he he's at least a target that <clears throat> certainly goes for his marks. And um, you know, probably wasn't the best night for someone like Harry Jones, but to still kick a couple of goals was a pretty good achievement. Yeah, it was. And again, he's a, he's a young, tall, uh, developing uh, young player. We all know he's, he's got a gun. Um, uh, he's he's going to be a really good player for us. Um, he goes to the right positions in terms of, you know, uh, leading up for the footy and, um, you know, 
taking his opportunities when he gets them, you know, with that, that sort of crumbed goal he got. Um, so, yeah, again, he's one of these guys where um, I'm comfortable with, um, you know, him drifting out of games every now and then because I know he's going to be better for it in the long run. Um, I think he's got a real bright future for us. And, yeah, I think he had an average night, um, certainly capable of more, uh, but he'll absolutely get there and... Um, as his body develops, he'll uh, be able to stand up in more contests and um, uh, make his presence uh, more felt around the ground. Um, so, but it was good to see him uh, kick a couple of goals, Jane. Yeah, um, Jake Stringer, mate. We saw the coach hanging on Jakey for being a senior player and having a poor game, as Truck put it. Mm. Uh, and he certainly had a poor game. There's no disputing that. Um, just a nine disposal, seven kicks, two hand balls, one mark, zero tackles. And, yeah, he certainly tried to um, use the don't argue to <laughs> no effect on the night. You know, got caught a number of times trying to do that. Yeah. Um, but as you say, mate, he's, he's clearly underdone. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm always excited when I get the chance to watch Jake. Um, because I think he's one of the few players on our list that can actually be a game changer. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, he certainly had a tough night. and uh, I was just very surprised how Truck did hang him out the dry. And uh, I'd be interested in the response from Stringer um, and whether that's a prelude to the coach maybe dropping him back to the VFL to get some form. That would be a brave call, mate. But... Um, yeah, I'm not sure what he was trying to achieve with that criticism. Oh, look, to me, it reeks of a coach under pressure um, when you're throwing your players under the bus. Um, that's just how I sort of saw it. Um, because, I mean, yeah, Jake Stringer came out. You know, I, I questioned why we were bringing him in um, a bit early because, um, yeah, he certainly looks short of a gallop and that's how he tend to be. Um, there was a vision of of um, you know, Jake Stringer you know, walking um, in the middle of the ground, Jane, and um, you just can't do that. We can't afford to carry blokes. Um, you know, as, as good as Jake Stringer is, unless you go, okay, look, he's under, he's short of a gallop, um, but let's just stick him in the forward pocket. I think he could play a role there. Um, you know, he'd only have to play in bursts, you know, when the ball comes down there, try and crumb a few, try and yeah, do whatever, do your magic down there, Jake. I think he could have done a role there, um, but I think we were expecting too much from him uh, to bring him back too early. Um, I didn't see him go into the centre clearances, mate. Um, no, nah, he, he didn't like it. Well, particularly that first half, he didn't at all. Um, yeah. He did go into the centre of the ground in the second half, not for long, uh, but he was walking between contests, Jane, um, mm. and you can't, you can't have that. Um, no. So... Um, yep, as as much as all of us will say he had a, a very uh, bog average game, um, but, you know, that's that's part preparation um, as well and, uh, yeah, picking a bloke when he's not fit um, and expecting the world from him. So, um, you know, that's on the club as well as Jake. Yeah. Um, another player that came back was uh, Mason Redmond and, look, he... Got a fair bit of the footy, 17 disposals, 11 kicks, six handballs, five marks, four tackles. Um, turned over the ball a couple of times, mate, but is credited credited going at 82% efficiency. So, mm. 
Um, mind you, his kicking was quite short, I thought. Like, you know, to, to hit up his targets, you know, 15 metre, you know, it's always easy to hit those. Um, so he wasn't as, you know, particularly damaging uh, or line-breaking as he could be. Yeah, and that's that's how I saw it. I mean, he had a solid game, um, but um, you couldn't say, uh, yeah, he was outstanding. Um, because, again, like, he, he didn't use his run. Um, yeah, you didn't see him, um, you yeah, with that sort of aggression that we, we've seen him play with before. Um, and particularly, like, I know it's it's one shot at goal, Jamie. It wasn't the easiest, but um, it was well within his range. He should have kicked that that goal, um, and he and he missed it. Those those ones can hurt you. Um, so, like, I, I think he played a solid game, but um, yeah, it wasn't anything other than that. Hopefully, you'll um, come back fit and firing. Uh, yeah, next week. Yeah, Jake Kelly, right? Um, I thought he struggled on the night. Um, yep. Yeah, he's really, uh, you know, I've got to say, I thought he started the season not too badly. I thought, you know, yep. but um, I thought, think either for confidence or what he's really dropped away. Um, and, you know, again, he's, he's calling for the footy, mate, and he's clearly not a good user of the footy. Yeah. Um, that's my biggest criticism of him. And he was asking for like 15 metre kicks to him. And then he was getting the ball and just plonking it anywhere, like. Yeah. Um, you got to know your limitations. If you're not an elite user of the footy or, or a very good user of the footy, you probably shouldn't be calling for the footy 15 metres away from the player who's got it. Yep. Um, yeah, so I thought it was, you know, his efforts unquestioned, you know, six marks and, you know, like a couple of tackles, but you know, again, didn't think he had any impact on the game. No, he didn't, mate. Um, you know, I actually wonder sometimes with him because he does show a bit of aggression, particularly in that third quarter there. He tried to really uh, tackle to hurt some blokes, but he wasn't really having an impact on the game. I wouldn't actually mind him having a bit of a run in the middle, Jane, um, to go, okay, look, you're not having a massive impact down back. Have a run in the middle. I think he's got the fitness for it. He's got the body for it. Um, you know, Try and win a few clearances. Um, let's find another way to use Jake Kelly, get him into the game, get some confidence up. Um, I, I don't think he lacks for ability. I think his decision-making can be questionable. Um, but I, I still think there's a player there, um, whether it's our system, whether it's um, uh, you know, whatever it is that we're not allowing, you know, you know, most of our players to play their best footy, Jane, you'd have to say. Jake Kelly is certain, certainly one of those. Um, I think you've got to find a way to... Um, you know, get these guys up and about because, uh, you know, a lot of the games played between uh, between your ears. Um, so um, I actually wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, have a run through the centre of the ground, um, you know, give him a role to, you know, if, if it was, you know, for Crips getting on top of us, um, yeah, I want you to make sure every time Crips gets the footy or looks to get the footy, you make him earn it. Yeah. So you mean in a tagging role? Because well, whether it's a tagging role or or even just to just make sure you get a body into him um, at every opportunity. Um, I was going to say because you, you certainly wouldn't use him as an attacking midfielder. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but, um, no, but I mean, but he's certainly a bloke capable of finding the footy. And yeah, yeah if you got a clearance out, I mean, you look at Darcy Parish, James. Like he's not an elite user of the footy. He 
he gets in there, he grabs a footy and boots it out. Um, so I've, I think he'd be capable of that kind of um, role, not to the level of Darcy Parish, obviously, um, mm. but um, I don't know, just a different way of going about it. Obviously, that's taken away midfield time from the likes of your Perkins, your Hobbs and all the rest of it. I understand that. Mm. Um, but, you know, in terms of um, you know, senior bodies um, and guys who show that aggression and uh, all the rest of it, I think... You know, Jack Kelly would be one I wouldn't mind seeing in there. Um, you know, when the whips get cracking. Um, but, you know, Josh Marnie said, spoke. You know, like we targeted this guy last year. Hmm. Uh, he was the only player that we felt like we're we're needing someone to play on the small forwards. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, you know, did we get that wrong? Because I, I haven't seen any any um, you know improvement in that area. Well, we haven't we haven't played him on small forwards, Jay. And, no, and again, I mean, like, it, to me, you give a guy a three-year contract, um, hmm. you want to have a purpose for that. Like, yep. Um, yeah, and I know we're up against North at that stage, trying to win his services. Um, but you know, like, I, I just think that, yeah, you know, I hope this isn't going to be a failed experiment. Absolutely. Uh, Zach Reed, mate. Um, yeah, he had a tough first half, that's for sure. And, yeah, he's certainly yeah, very lean. Uh, yeah, he's, I thought he had a better second half with his spoiling and stuff. But he just had the four kicks, uh, four, four disposals, two kicks, two handballs and two tackles. And yeah, He's largely unnoticed um, except for when he was getting, uh, you know, the early part of the game where he was getting marked on. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I think you have to expect that from young key defenders, Jane. Um, yeah, particularly against your likes of, uh, you know, Kerno and Mackay. Like, they're big bodies, Jane. Um, mm. They were flying at the footy. And, like, the the Carlton's forward half were playing for each other and um, they looked really dangerous. Like, I am surprised they, uh, they only kicked the score that they did because they were certainly, like, it looked like they were just marking at will. Um, so, as much as you know, Reed wasn't a standout on the match. Um, I think that games like this will be good for his development to go. Geez, you know, I needed to position myself X, Y, and Z. I, I wasn't able to match the physicality of, you know, whether it was Mackay or, or Kerno or whoever it was up against at the time. Um, so it's that kind of stuff that'll, um, yeah, make him, you know, go back to the gym, work a bit harder on his strength there, like strength through the hips. Um, you know, not necessarily building big guns, um, but um, that ability to stay up in, in contests and all the rest of it. Um, so, uh, nah, I mean, not a great game from Reedy, but uh, one that I, I'm sure will be good for his development. Andrew Phillips, mate, he um, certainly tried in the ruck. He had 24 hit outs, mm. but um, didn't do a lot with the footy. He only six disposals and all six kicks, uh, one mark. Nine tackles, would you believe? So mm. that's a, quite a big effort for a ruckman. Uh, he used the ball at 33% efficiency. So it yeah. uh, just goes to show that he's just kicking and hoping. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, ruckman, they generally only have a small moment with the footy, so they just jam it on the boot, which mm. isn't surprising. But, yeah, I, I, it wasn't one of his better games, put it that way. No, I agree with that assessment, James. Uh, but one thing you did... Get from Phillips was um, physicality, um, so um, yeah, that's 
that's one thing that um, you know a lot of uh, our players lack that sort of physicality and willingness to throw your body at a contest. Um, and I still think that um, yeah, having someone there to support Draper um, is hugely beneficial to Draper's game as a whole because if he had to you know, shoulder the whole ruck burden by himself, potentially with uh, you know, Peter Wright uh, tapping in and out, um, it could be sort of detrimental to his sort of development. So, um, yep, not the best game from Andrew Phillips, but, um, yes, he he's certainly um, yeah, not through lack of effort. Uh, Mac Welfie, mate, he, um, yeah, he always gives you effort, but, again, didn't think it was one of his better games. He yep. sprayed the ball a number of times. Uh, yep. uh, just the 11 disposals, seven kicks, four handballs, two marks, three tackles, and uh, his efficiency only 55%. So, again, um, what is a pretty poor game from Guelph, understanding that he's coming back from a hamstring concern. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, like not through lack of effort. Um, he was certainly he was going for some courageous marks and everything, Jane, but uh, he's, uh, yeah, he, he didn't have his kicking boots on the night for sure. And, uh, yeah, when you are uh, having shots on goal and missing a lot or, you know, not hitting targets, it can certainly hurt you going back the other way. Um, so not his best game, but, um, yeah, I guess you'll – You'll get games like that from from Guelphy because you'll never be the the most polished user of the footy. Uh, uh, Nick Martin, um, yeah, you know, he again another real trying effort. He had thirteen disposals, nine kicks, four handballs, five marks, and five tackles. Um, again, he's another one of those players that probably misses a few tackles. Like he's yep. he's attributed to five, but um, there's a lot he missed as well. Mm. Um, wasn't a perfect day for someone of his caliber because he's quite lean. Um, his first year of footy against the big bodies, um, but uh, yeah, I still thought he played a serviceable game. Yeah, it's one of those funny games because he was solid, uh, and he's one of those ones like when he had the ball, he shows a lot of poise and generally made good decisions. But he um, he didn't actually he wasn't damaging, Jay. Um, yeah. You couldn't say that he had any impact on the game really. Uh, and when I was, you know, doing up my votes, I thought, oh, Nick Martin, I didn't see him do anything bad. He, he played okay. But there was no point of difference there that I could say, oh, yeah, he played better than any other member of the side because, um, yeah, at the end of the day, like, um, yeah, even his, his, I suppose, disposal efficiency was down, like only 61.5%, which is uh, yeah, a long way down for, uh, for Nick Martin. Um, so, um now look, um, another game good for his development because with those missed tackles, he'll go, geez, I need to get better with my technique there. And uh, that's a lesson that all Essendon players should be taken on board. Um, but, um, yeah, certainly doesn't lack for effort again, uh, but just not his night. But we saw Alec Waterman come on as a sub. Um, you know, again, it wasn't a great night for him. Uh, surprisingly, he had the... Four disposals, mate. All four handballs, um, mm. two tackles, um, and yeah, as I said, he um, didn't get an opportunity to have a kick, and you know, pretty tough night for him. Yeah, it was. Um, I thought, yeah, because he'd sort of gone into the middle of the ground to try and affect a few contests, and um, I suppose he's that bigger size of his to um, you know, battle through. Um, 
to get to get those handballs, um, which was another side of his game. We haven't really seen that running power from him. Um, and generally playing up forward, he's sort of, I suppose, more of a lead-up um, forward goal kicker as opposed to uh, yeah, going through runs in the middle. So um, I think from that perspective, I didn't mind it. Um, obviously, he had no impact on the game. Uh, yeah, coming on as sub, I think it's difficult for those guys coming on to to have that real impact, particularly when we we're playing such a dour brand of footy, Jane. Um, but uh, no, at least if you get some time out on the ground, a, a few sort of um, minutes, uh, you know, playing in the middle and I suppose working his craft out in there. Um, yeah, uh, obviously played the VFL game as well today. Uh, so he'll have had his minutes up. Um, yeah. But uh, no, I, I, yeah, he, he gave it his all. Oh, he certainly did. Um, well, I think we got through them, mate. Um, hmm. For another another week, um, and now we wait till next Friday night where we play St Kilda um, in another tough game. Um, well, every game's tough for us, mate. But um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, St Kilda at Marvel will be uh, a very tough challenge for our side, and uh, we better learn how to uh, move the ball forward well with some venom because it's going to be. Um, yeah, this is an opportunity, obviously, to get a big bath at um, at Marvel um, mm-hmm. for any side that isn't switched on and your opposition is. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think the club will be trying to, yeah, making sure that they don't get embarrassed. But, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see how we go and uh, hopefully Andy McGrath can come back um, and we'll see what else we can do at the selection table after our VFL team had a win. Hopefully a few names have popped up. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, I guess all we can do now is strap in and go on for the ride. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a bit of a grind going through the end of the season. Um, so hopefully we can at least see some development from our younger players and more games into them, the better. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's certainly is shaping to be a bit of a tough one, that marvel against the Saints. Yeah, for sure. Um, and one player I think we'll definitely see come back in, mate, is James Stewart. Kicked the three goals today, so he's gone back forward. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that's the plan to yeah, integrate him back into the senior side as a forward. Um, you know, we've got Harry Jones. Uh, you know, you've got Peter Wright. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how tall can you go. Mm. But, um, yeah, you know, Jake Stringer, you know, will he play? Um, yeah, a whole heap of questions, but I guess we can answer those in the next episode. Absolutely, mate. Oh, well, till next time, go Bombers. Go Dons.